Welcome to the World Beyond the Tale, the Page Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 144. His pocket, keeping off the interstate. The piece of shit had a radio, but nothing happened when he turned it on. A sign said he'd left Wisconsin and was now in Illinois. Wow. A sign said he'd left Wisconsin and was now in Illinois. He passed a strip mining works, huge blue arc lights burning in the dim midwinter daylight. He stopped and ate lunch at a place called Mom's, catching them just before they closed for the afternoon. The food was okay. Each town he passed through had an extra sign up beside the sign, telling him that he was now entering our town, population 720. The extra sign announced that the town's under-14s team was the third runner-up in the Interstate 100-yard sprint, or that the town was the home of the Illinois girls' under-16s wrestling semifinalist. He drove on, head-nodding, feeling more drained and exhausted with every minute that passed. He ran a stoplight and was nearly sideswiped by a woman in a Dodge. As soon as he got out into open country, he pulled off onto an empty tractor path on the side of the road, and he parked by a snow-spotted stubbly field in which a slow procession of fat, black wild turkeys walked in like a line of mourners. All one sentence again, Neil. Jesus. He turned off the engine, stretched out in the back seat, and fell asleep. Darkness. A sensation of falling, as if he were tumbling down a great hole like Alice. He fell for a hundred years into darkness. Faces passed him, swimming out of the black. Then each face was ripped up and away before he could touch it. Abruptly and without transition, he was not falling. Now he was in a cave, and he was no longer alone. Shadow stared into familiar eyes. Huge, liquid black eyes. They blinked. Under the earth, yes, he remembered this place. The stink of wet cow. Firelight flickered on the wet cave walls, illuminating the buffalo head, the man's body, skin the color of brick clay. Can't you people leave me be, said Shadow. I just want to sleep. The buffalo man nodded slowly. His lips did not move, but a voice in Shadow's head said, Where are you going, Shadow? Cairo. Why? Where else have I got to go? It's where Wednesday wants me to go. I drank his mead. In Shadow's dream, with the power of dream logic behind it, the obligation seemed unarguable. He drank Wednesdays. And that's our page. So... On the page here, Shadow keeps off the interstate, apparently not ready to jump back into it with Stone and Wood's colleagues. He's also probably hoping his Nova will go further than 500 miles since staying off of the highways. Well, actually, I googled it, and it's actually fewer miles if he doesn't take the highways, although uh, overall longer drive time, which is pretty much back roads. Shadow gets lunch from a place called Mom's, but the food is only okay. It also notes that they're closing for the afternoon, which, if you've been through small towns, yeah, there's usually the lunchtime, and then they close, and then they reopen for dinner. Or maybe they don't reopen for dinner. Passes through a place called Our Town. It appears to be an unincorporated community within the town of Lima, Wisconsin. It's also the title of a 1938 play by Thornton Wilder set in the fictional Grover's Corners, New Hampshire, but I feel like Neil's talking about the actual place, not the play in this particular case. Lima itself has a population of just under 3,000 as of the 2000 census, but there are no numbers from 2010. I don't know why. Shrug. Perhaps the population listed in the book is still accurate, but I cannot corroborate that at this time. The extra signs mentioned on the page are really real. I saw a few coming across the country, and I have a friend who lived in a lot of small towns in the Illinois, Indiana area growing up, and she said that it was this page where she started finally settling into the book and really enjoying it because of the, the attention to detail. Shadow is tired and almost gets into a wreck, so he pulls over to take a rest. Please don't drive sleepy or drunk or while texting or Pokemon going. Just pull over, do whatever you need to do, and then keep going. Please. Shadow pulls over, 
Shadow's dream begins, though, and he's he's tumbling down a hole like Alice. This is, of course, a reference to Lewis Carroll's 1865 novel, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. The opening issue of Sandman also makes a reference to Carroll's novel, so it's not an uncommon reference for Neil. I imagine if I paid more attention in some of his other books, I would see other references, but have not got any of those off the top of my head currently. Falling, seeing faces that pass him, but they're pulled away before he can make out who they are. And then he's face-to-face with the Buffalo Man again. Shadow reflects his frustration back into the face of the Buffalo Man when the Buffalo Man asks him where he's going, and Shadow then tells the Buffalo Man that he has to go to Cairo. He has to go to Cairo because he drank Wednesday's mead. It's his obligation now. And I guess this is as good a time as any to point out that his first response, though, is that he doesn't have anywhere else to go. He's left behind Eagle Point because there's too many Laura's, of Laura's memories there. He's no longer in the prison system, so that's good, but he doesn't really know how to survive on the outside at this point. He was in there for three years, and he didn't have to worry about things like a job or rent or getting himself food. And this is one of the common reasons why an ex-con will re-offend and end up back in prison. Shadow only served three years, so getting back on his feet won't be quite so difficult, maybe, but he's got to get back on his feet with a violent conviction on his record, and it's not going to be easy, especially if small-town life doesn't seem like an option anymore. Of course, in 2001, it would have been easier to get around this bit of information, but still not impossible that someone would catch him as a violent ex-con. Recidivism is a hell of a thing, and Shadow wasn't involved in any particularly criminal activities, besides the reason he went to prison anyhow, so far as we know. He was a pretty much a straight arrow, it sounds like. Anyhow, it would be easier in some ways for him to go back to prison, though. It's horrible, but he wouldn't have to worry about rent or food or anything else. Sometimes security is enough, even if it's in maximum security. I won't apologize for the joke, but I will take a moment to apologize for the lack of taste I used to make it. Anyhow, Shadow does have a choice, and he always has a choice. In Sandman, Lucifer says that there's always freedom, and that the ultimate freedom is the freedom to leave a place. Shadow has already left prison, and he has left Eagle Point, but he still feels as trapped as he did in prison, or in probably how he would have felt in Eagle Point especially being surrounded by the memories of Laura, not to mention people knowing why he went to prison, and also how Laura died. So going with Wednesday is a choice, and it's probably the best choice Shadow could make right now. Unless he does go forward with his previous thought of heading to New Orleans where it's warm. But, spoiler alert, he doesn't do that. And I think this comes back to Shadow's character. Remember his bubble bath. He took a shitty bubble bath in a tiny motel bathtub because he's a man of his word, and he promised himself in prison that the first thing he would do when he got out was take a bubble bath. So by drinking Wednesday's mead, he agreed to go with Wednesday. We can discuss if we think this compact is a is somehow binding in a supernatural way, because Wednesday is Odin, or it could just be Shadow's character keeping him in line with this. I don't have an answer off the top of my head. I honestly don't think it comes up specifically as like a magical sort of thing because he drank the mead, I think it's just Shadow trying to stick to his word. And keep this in mind as we move forward because it'll become very important later on in the novel, at least at one point, though probably in others that I am absolutely forgetting. Get in touch with the show at theworldbeyondthetale at gmail.com or on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. Thank you to Julian Granganage for his version of St. James Infirmary Blues, which we use as our theme song. And thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page, and remember... Only the gods are real.